0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you are, welcome to Two Men with a Mic. Oh, Mr. Mike. Dude, Def
1: Leppard has a new album out, man.
0: Do they really? Yeah.
1: I was wow. just I was just scanning the Yahoo News, and apparently they have a new album out. It's, oh, I forgot what it's called
0: but that's probably what they said when they were writing it too (laughs) well i mean at their age they should be happy on the stage performing yeah
1: (laughs) i love i like death leppard a lot i I like them a lot
0: we definitely listened to a
1: ton of them when we were younger including i I like that song me and my wine (laughs) well they had they had several good songs back in the day back in the day they had a sound like they they had their own sound yeah they
0: had their sound for sure yeah yep me
1: and my wine
0: (laughs) (laughs) exciting times i uh feel like i've accomplished something this week really tell tell me tell me yes yes i have uh filed my taxes Excellent! (laughs) That is amazing. So, if the uh, government's listening, you know, they're filed and it's before April. So, and you you did them yourself? I did them online. You know, yeah. They're all you're
1: you're the smarts behind the duo. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know about that. My head's pounding.
0: So, is it? Did
1: you just did you do them all today?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow, and that's, that's how doing? I. You
0: spent your day with your son, and I spent mine with the IRS.
1: I did. We had a lot of fun. I should have asked him to do my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> He'd do a better job than me, <laughs>
0: no doubt.
1: I'm going to a tax service because I must say um, forms and and things like that are just beyond me. I I may just have a block on
0: it. I don't know what, but like.
1: I just blank out completely when I, Oh uh,
0: yeah. Trust me, there was screaming and yelling at the computer and, and just, you know um, it's even though they, you know, it's kind of taxes for dummies. Right. I mean, it's kind of hand holding all the way through it and everything. And, you know, the nice thing though, is when you are on one of those, if you use the same one every year, it kind of has your information. So it, You know, it's saying, well, did you work here last, you know, is is, has any of this changed and stuff? So it does get a little bit easier, you know, as you go through, but (laughs) it's still, you know, you remind me of my dad who
1: always did the, his taxes too. And like, you would know a couple of weeks before he was going to give a weekend to doing his taxes because he'd start getting angrier and angrier (laughs) and angrier. And then he, and he'd be telling everyone, OK, I'm going to do my taxes this weekend. And then when the weekend actually got there, he, he would close himself in a room and he was like, don't anybody speak to me for 48 hours. And, uh, <laughs> and then I would hear him screaming in there. I, we, I would hear him screaming through the door.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could. Like yep. know? But it was there was
1: like a whole buildup and then there was like the blowout. Yeah. Which is kind of what you described. God rest my father's soul. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I feel his pain. And, you know, um, luckily, you know, I feel bad for him. He didn't have the technology that we have now. That's oh, dude, sure.
1: it was like mountains of papers in his office. And um, yeah. And then he, he, I, I if I did see him, his face was
0: all red. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: was just Furious the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can totally see that.
1: It must feel good to have him done, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good to have them done and, you know, electronically filed and, um, you know, just to get that out of the way and yeah. stuff, you oh, know, and good. so, yep, one less it thing i got to worry about.
1: Yeah, it's a relief well, when you get yeah, through death so. and
0: taxes, right? Yep, death and taxes. <laughs> yeah, so we've got a guy on our show we're going to talk to who's been a security guard for about the last 30 years. And then he kind of had a life-changing moment uh, about three years ago. And so he, after this life-changing moment, he just started writing and has written, um, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of close to 70 books. Wow. So, yeah, really excited to talk to him and... Um, kind of hear how and why and what. So he's our guest today. And along with that, you know, we after talking to him, have decided that the song of the episode uh, which kind of flows with this is going to be Gavin DeGraw I Don't Want to Be which is a really cool song and it really kind of follows uh john's story i I don't know it just really felt like the right song for him
1: cool man
0: i guess we will catch everybody on the flip side hello hi hey john how are you good good how are you i'm fine hi mike hi how are you doing
2: i'm fine thanks for having me on i really appreciate it
0: yeah, oh, it's
1: no great problem. to
2: have you. Okay, well, thank you. My name's John Leister. I'm 56 years old, and I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And um, I haven't really done very much with my life until about three years ago, but I had what I believe to be a divine experience. I was kind of at the, the end of my rope in life. I've always been somewhat of an, an atheist or an, an agnostic, I guess. No, no I, I wouldn't say I, would, I was ever an atheist, but definitely somewhere in the, in the middle. And I reached out to God, and I, I started to believe in myself like never before, and I've always wanted to do something creative with my life. When I was a boy, I, I wanted to be a comic book artist. I was a huge hey, comic book collector as a kid. That's oh Mike. yeah, I'm I'm really into that stuff.
0: Yeah, Mike, 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 and I start. Well, Mike started out doing comics and and that sort of thing. So uh, right on. Yeah, I w- I wanted to be a comic book artist too.
2: Mm.
1: I was really into it. I mean, I drew every day for about three, four hours. You
2: know, I had "How to Draw Comics: The Marvel Way" by Stanley and John Riera. I had that
1: book. Yeah. You I know. Had that
2: same book. I mean, I I just lived, ate, and breathed comic books. But then I hit about 11, 12, and I gave it up. I got lazy, and then I tried acting for a couple of years. I actually I don't know if you I don't know how old you guys are, but there was a show called "The Big Valley" from the late '60s. You guys know oh. that
1: show. Yeah.
2: Yes. And so one of one of the actors from that show, Peter Breck, who played Nick Barkley, he came to Vancouver and started an, an acting school called the Breck Academy. But I did meet Gene Hackman, who was filming um, Narrow Margin in Vancouver at the time. And I got wow. to meet Richard Dreyfuss. So, you know, that was a really exciting experience. Wow. And I had an agent and I was going to auditions and I was going for it for a couple of years. I thought I had found my bliss. The, my sort of my 15 minutes of fame, I guess, is I was an extra in Rocky IV, believe it or not. I'm actually yeah. in Rocky Four. You don't Wait, see where me, like... are you in Rocky Four? Oh, yeah, you know, unfortunately, I'm like I'm faceless extra number three hundred and fifty. I'm. I'm <laughs> in... <laughs> you don't see me, alas. But I'm, i i Me and my buddy Jeff, we went for one day. There was an open casting call. They needed five to ten thousand extras for the big fight at the end. So we actually got to see for one day the filming of the fight. We saw Dolph Lundgren and Stallone, and you know Tony Burton and Talia Shire, and it was really an amazing day. But unfortunately, and and I hope this doesn't gross you guys out. So, you know, just a bit of a a heads up. um, I developed psoriasis. I've always had very dry skin and it just got uh, increasingly worse and worse over the years. And so I gave up acting and I've sort of been spinning my wheels for the first two thirds of my life. Every once in a while, I take sort of a half-hearted stab at writing something. But it's only every been once over... in a
0: while. I mean, yeah, like you've I mean, got a every... lot of books out there though. Well,
2: I mean, over the last three years, yeah. What happened was when I when I started reaching out to God, I started to sort of accept myself and feel a sense of self-love. And this may sound corny to some people, to some of your listeners, but you know, at the end of the day, there's only one of us. You know, there's only one Mitch, there's only one Mike, and there's only one me. And we owe it to ourselves. To, to unleash whatever it is that's sort of clawing away in our minds. And so in any event, I had these short stories that I wrote around uh, 2005. I'm a security guard. I've been a security guard for 35 years, believe it or not. And, you know, I read all these self-help books like Anthony Robbins and, and I don't know if you know Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer. And I listened to these tips. I was in therapy for a year. And I found all of that stuff to be, I, I don't think that doing any of that at all was a waste of time. I mean, I'm still alive. I must be doing something (laughs) right. But (laughs) I'm relatively healthy. Well, that's a good
0: accomplishment. You
2: know, exactly. I mean, I'm a taxpayer. I'm a contributing member to society in in the the important ways I like to think. But it wasn't until I took a leap of faith. And again, you know, whatever works for you. If you're an atheist or an agnostic and and you're on top of the world, that's great. But for me, I'm, I'm the kind of person who I think tries a little harder when I feel like somebody's watching me, almost like Big Brother from 1984, but in a good way, you know, in a loving, positive—not in—not in a harsh, you know, throw you in the gulag, uh, you know, the Iron Maiden way—but um, in a loving, paternal, like they're there, you know. Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. You know, change your inner monologue to something more positive, and and do it on a, in a consistent level. And so I had written these short stories at work called, um, well, my character, Lee Hacklin, is a private detective who lives during the 1970s. I set the stories mostly during the 70s because it's a less politically correct era. I don't want to have to deal with the snowflake culture. You know, he smokes, he drinks, he's a skirt chaser, he's a man's man, but he's also got a heart of gold. And I, I had written these stories like around 2005, a huge pile of them, like 50 to 60 stories, like 10 to 10 to five to 10 page stories and i read them and i did, i don't know if you guys do any creative writing well you mentioned that you worked on comic books but i feel like that if you wrote something 10 to 15 years ago that you barely remember writing it's almost if you you feel like you're reading something that someone else had written and you're like actually enjoying yeah. them for real you know you're not just sort of putting a positive spin on it in your mind well then for goodness sakes there's this thing now called the internet you know get it out there and so when i posted that first book there he go shamelessly promoting his product plug 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 the collected cases of lee hacklin 1970s private investigator book one available on, available on indigo barnes noble kobo and many other uh e-platforms <laughs> 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 <You laughs> hang a second while i catch exactly. my breath <laughs> go, go ahead and plug
1: away well,
2: let <laughs> me put my oxygen mask on here we go so i you know it was a real i'm not a very tech savvy guy you know i i lived in an age when none of this stuff existed and so post post you know i was born in 1965 so you know it's nice to have kind of both feet in both generations but posting that first book was a real uphill battle for me if if i didn't have god in my life if there's you know like back to the future or star trek where there's alternate timelines alternate you know parallel universes if there was a parallel universe where i decided to do this three years ago and i was still an agnostic i wouldn't be talking to you guys right now because i would have nothing to talk about i would have given up i just I don't mean it to be overly self-denigrating. I'm just saying like who I was three years ago, who is not the worst guy in the world, but not a guy who was sort of into, you know, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, more like try something once or twice. And if it doesn't work out, then it wasn't meant to be, which is completely absurd. That's not the way successful people think. But because I had God in my life, I stuck with it and I kept at it. And I, I you know, two, three hours a day after work and on my days off. And finally, Finally, I got that first darn book uploaded. And have you guys seen the movie? Have you? (laughs) Hallelujah. Have you guys seen the movie Billy Elliot? Do you know that movie? The name sounds familiar, but I don't remember the plot. No, no. (laughs) No, God, no. Uh, uh, Billy Elliot is about a boy who lives in a small town in London, England in like the early 1970s who wants to be a ballet dancer. And, you know, of course, this this doesn't go very well with his dad, he's an alpha male, but spoiler warning, eventually he comes around and he takes Billy to this very prestigious acting um, ballet school to audition. And the auditioners ask Billy, well, how do you feel when you dance? And he thinks about it for a minute and he says, well, I feel like electricity. And that's how I felt when I first posted that first book. I mean, I was just, I was just walking on air. And I remember walking, walking down through the streets of downtown Vancouver, just wanting to stick my phone politely, of course, because I'm Canadian. Canadians, of course, are infamous for their <laughs> excessive politeness. Have you guys seen that episode of the Simpsons where they go to Toronto and there's a kid spray painting graffiti on the wall and he spray paints, it, obey the rules.
0: Like that's Canada <laughs> in that show,
2: you know, and I mean that in a loving way. I, I, I'm very proud. T- I'm a very proud Canadian, but you know, we all have our little, our little idiosyncrasies. And so now I've got, I posted another book today, uh, Lee Hacklin, 1970s private investigator and completely concerned with sex, where Lee is hired by uh, a guy who runs an X-rated film production company who's beset by this activist group called ARG, which stands for Americans Rallying Against Gross Heresy. And one of the members of this activist group is Lee's mother and had a lot of fun writing that one. Oh, I mean, I, I have fun writing are all they, my books. I just, I just- I, comedies? there no i i don't like to think of them as such uh, there there's a lot of humor but no my stories are i mean i kill characters and they're they're consequential they're serialized you know my urban tiger series have you guys seen the movie kick ass yeah okay so i remember when i saw the kick ass comic book at my local comic book store back in the day and it really broke my heart i mean i bought it and i read it and i loved it mark miller i think is one of the best writers around but I had this idea, you know, how superheroes always have very dramatic reasons for doing the nutty things that they do, you know, putting on a cape and a mask and deciding to fight crime. I just thought, what if a kid was just decided to do it just for kicks, you know, just just because nobody had ever done it before. And so then a lot. So I had this urban tiger character in my head for so many years. And here's the thing I get asked a lot about originality and to all your listeners out there who are thinking about what I'm doing For goodness sakes, never worry about being unoriginal. There's no such thing as original. I mean, you know, Terminator, you know, uh, Harlan Ellison wrote an episode of The Outer Limits called Soldier, which is about a soldier from the future who comes back to the present, which would have been the 1960s to prevent a nuclear war. You know, the company that produced the first Terminator movie, they had to add Harlan Ellison's name to the end credits because he he actually sued them. And to his credit, he didn't sue them for money, which he could have, he sued them just for credit. It's like, hey, you you know, a James Cameron with love and respect, may or may not have unintentionally, you know, might have seen this episode, may not have seen this <laughs> episode. He robbed or Who knows? We'll, we'll never know. But here's here's my point, guys. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you want to write, you have to write what's inside your head. So when I started when I started posting these Lee Ackland stories, and I actually introduced the Urban Tiger in a Lee Hacklund story. Yeah, I least uh, Yeah, and that's another thing. Most of my stories exist. I sort of like my own version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I call it the Johnny-verse. All, most of my stories, except for my Morning Stars Night trilogy, which is basically Superman meets the Book of Revelations, they basically my take on the superhero genre. All of my stories exist in the same timeline. So I wrote, an, I wrote a Lee Hacklund story called The Urban Tiger, where Lee is chasing after a mugger, and this kid wearing a mask, pop, this fifteen-year-old boy, pop, you know, pops out of nowhere with a mask and stops the mugger. And Lee takes him to, like, to McDonald's and buys him a hamburger. And and she, you know, they develop this sort of big brother, little brother relationship. And I actually created another series, sort of my Marvel team up or Brave and the Bold, called Lee Hacklin and the Urban Tiger, where they team up. So when I created this character, you know, even though Kick-Ass existed and even though it covers very similar thematic uh, turf, I said, you know what? I want to do this and I'm so glad that I, I, you know, I didn't listen to that negative inner monologue because I've got like 16 or 17 of these urban tiger books out there now. And I'm proud of every one of them. And, and really, you know, every, anytime you write, it's coming out of your filter. You don't, there's 7 billion of us on this planet and we all have a unique vision. There's, there's something about us. That's a little different from the next person. So again, sorry for banging on this drum, but anybody out there who wants to write, and you're saying to yourself, "Oh, I don't have any original ideas." To hell with that. I'm interested in obsessive characters because I'm an obsessive character. I obsess over Star Wars and, and, and all that all the pop culture stuff. Not so much now because I've been spending a lot more time writing. I like I'm going to see the new Batman. I'm probably going to go see it tomorrow. But I feel a little I feel like I've seen enough of these and I feel like gosh, I know that if I, if I was sitting in my laptop right now banging away the keyboard, you know, that's what really gives me pleasure now. There's just such an infinite gulf between passively watching something, especially if 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 you've done it for so many decades, and then actually trying to create something. Yeah, that... you can't really can't compare the two. I mean, you can have both. I mean, all things in moderation. But I just feel like I just feel very squeamish now, every time I I, I see sit in a theater watching a movie because I know I know that I'd rather be writing, even if it's like the world's greatest movie. But having said that, I, I'm definitely going to see the new Batman. Have you guys seen it already? We were just talking
0: about it today.
2: You guys know what the MacGuffin is, right? Yeah. <laughs> None of my stories have that. I don't think I have maybe one or two. But the I I'm so sick and tired of the bad guys want the thing and the good guys want the thing. And they're all chasing after the thing, whatever the thing is. And they did that again in No Way Home with that magic box. And I'm just like, oh, please. But it's just like, come on. It's really I, I've told a million stories that, that don't go down that that you know, that hoary trope.
1: Speaking of the wrath of God, I want to <laughs> like ask you. Um, big way. Well, all right. So you said, well, actually, Mitch and I are super spiritual. Okay, and, nice. Um, so, that. But, so you said you started talking to God, and then you yes. had a divine experience. So, yes. how did how did that go? Like, how? Were well, you okay. What happened?
2: Now we're going down a very trippy path, and this is where I lose a lot of people. So, you guys, if you guys think I'm nuts, that's fine, but. I believe that I heard the voice of God and I believe that that, (laughs) I can barely spit out the words because it is very trippy. He told me to see a doctor. I woke up one morning. I was half awake, half asleep, and I heard a voice. uh, Now, I'm a very rational. I like to think that I'm at least a quasi rational person. I know I believe in math and science and I believe in atoms and molecules, but it's not that I believe in that stuff. It's it's real. Reality is real. But I woke up one morning and I heard a voice out my ear, a very warm, loving, paternal voice say, you should see a doctor. And this was and this happened very shortly after I started talking to God. Now, why did I start talking to God? How were you talking to God, though? Just in your head? No, out loud. Like I'm talking to you guys right now. Not Mm -hmm. so much prayer, more like I needed to like almost like talking to a therapist, like I needed to just express things that I hadn't expressed before, you know, without being judged. And, and just letting it all out and very quickly, you know, that's where so much of depression comes from. I feel at least for myself, and I have to imagine that it's the same for at least some other people you feel, you know, you grow up as a kid, you feel like everything you do is wrong. Everything you say is wrong. You're going to get criticized. You're going to get mocked. You're going to get ridiculed. And and it becomes a case of fight or flight, you know, that's sort of inner struggle that so many of us have the struggle of, you know, do I have value as a person? Do I, you know, are my, do my, are my stories any good? Am I just tilting at windmills? And so, I mean, my, my belief is that if you believe in God, it's impossible to feel bad about yourself, regardless of who you are. If you accept that God, there's this loving being that created the universe. And of course, I believe that the devil is real too. And I also think you can't
0: can't have one without the other. Right. I actually,
2: I, I actually wrote about this on my Facebook page. Today. I have a, I have a group page called Johnny's way. I don't know if you guys would ever be interested in checking it out. I what write is, a lot.
0: Wait, of... Go ahead and plug that too, John.
2: Sure. It's called Johnny's way. And it's basically, um, I post a lot of essays, which I hope are, are uplifting and are positive, but how do you, I try, how
0: do you feel I try about
1: what's going on in your own country with Trudeau and the lockdown and the, I,
2: I pay very little. Oh gosh. That's a whole nother podcast. I, I hate it. <laughs> I, I hate the masks. I hate the social distancing. It's right out of George Orwell. And, and I see the positive side of it. You know, I try to open my mind to crack, but I look at these signs and I feel like I'm living in a 1970s dystopian movie. I, you know, I just can't wait for all of this to end. But we who are living in the West, you're Americans, I'm a Canadian, and, and we, we share the same values. We share personal freedom. We share self-determination. The more we think about you know what what we can do with our lives and never mind what's going on in the rest of the world the more likely that we'll at least make some effort towards manifesting our dreams because i think that that how we feel about ourselves emotionally is absolutely connected to our physical health as well and my psoriasis has abated since i started talking to god almost a hundred percent and i'm not i'm not I, i don't use steroid creams I know no pharmaceuticals and I'm not suggesting that there's anything mystical about it. What I am suggesting is that the more comfortable that we are in our own skin, the healthier we're likelier to be. And also the more likely that we're going to point ourselves towards who we were meant to be if we haven't done so already. You know, you guys have a podcast. It sounds like you guys are very creative, too. I'm writing my books. I'm following my bliss. I'm enjoying the journey of my life just by just by talking to you guys right now. I'd rather do this than watch any movie. For real, unless, yeah. it was a movie that, unless it was a movie that had my name in the credits, you know, based on a novel by John Leicester. That's okay. that's the next movie I want to see for real. The Treehouse Avengers for real. And my girlfriend Nicola, hi Nikki. She's a she's a, <laughs> a, a film producer. Mm-hmm. I met her on case. Oh gosh, I won the lottery meeting this gal. She's she has a she has a Star Trek The Next Generation uniform. She went to a con uh, dressed as Elastigirl. I mean, she's got a, a <laughs> she's got a frame she's got a framed poster of of Avengers Endgame at her house in, in adelaide australia and she just oh. took a film yeah wow. she's absolutely amazing she's hey, got two maybe that's kids. our
0: listener in australia we oh have yeah we there you go australia. Well, i hope you listen Ask to her this picture. one her she has
1: a friend because i just got divorced <laughs> Okay, <I'll>
2: go. <laughs> well, she's got a lot of friends well maybe we'll maybe we'll set something up for down the road we'll do we'll see we'll see maybe we'll work on that cool. but you know she just took a film production course like a year ago and, and she's already produced two short films and she's produced a couple of plays and she's done some acting. You know, it's not, you know, as long as you have one or two wits about you and as long as you are, you know, relatively healthy. I mean, you have to have a, a certain degree of health and, 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 you know, have some cognitive ability. It's not too late. And that's my message to the world. And for anyone out there who's where I was, you know, you're in your 50s and you feel like, oh, gosh, I had all I had all these decades. I felt that way. I had all these decades to do something with my life. For goodness sakes, never mind the destination. Start your journey and enjoy the journey. And I I started another book today. I already wrote three, four pages of my next book, Lee Hacklin, 1970s Private Investigator in, what's the name of it? Righteous Betrayal, which is basically Lee Hacklin meets guy. Ali is hired by this um, anti-crime bureau to infiltrate a crime organization that's run by his old high school buddy. You know, it's like <laughs> nothing good, right. Thank you. See, I like that reaction. I mean, I don't know if that's the are laughing at it, but is, you're reacting. So that's the, you know, any any kind of reaction is good. And that's another thing. I have a lot of friends on Facebook who are aspiring writers like myself. And they'll sometimes they'll post something like, Oh, I got a negative review today, and they're devastated, you know, they're heartbroken and they're just so upset. And I always and some well, sometimes I'll post them back. Like, what what are you complaining about? Somebody read your book. You know, who cares whether yeah. they liked it or not? And yeah. read the review and try to get something positive. You know, since since reaching out to God, I, I my confidence level again. If I did if I didn't have any confidence in myself, I mean, I'm still nervous right now doing this, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast. But I would not be doing this right now because I could really. I mean, I could talk about what other other people's stuff. I mean, I could talk about movies and TV and popular culture, but now I can talk about my own stuff. And again, my message to the world is, for goodness sakes, it's not too late. Do it because it makes you happy to do it. Do it for your soul if you believe that you have one. And if you don't well, believe that you have a soul, then do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the journey. That's
1: great. You know? Well, all right, don't... I want to go back to your God sure. story, though. You, so you started talking to God, and then you got yeah. a response, and God told you to go to the doctor?
2: Yes. I will... Oh, sorry. Okay, so we'll pick up from there. Thank you. So, yeah, so I w- this happened, again, this happened about three years ago. I woke up one morning, half awake, half asleep, and I heard, again, if this sounds like totally, you know, off the charts crazy, I get it. But I heard a male paternal voice outside my ear say, you should see a doctor just like that. And it was and I did and thinking, well, gosh, I must have something really horrible because God's telling me to see. And it turned out that my cholesterol was a little bit high. And it was around that time that I reconnected. I started reconnecting with some of my old friends from high school, some of whom thought that, that you know, that I was dead, that I wasn't even alive. And, and one of my, my dearest friends from high school, that, well, whom I consider my brother, Brian, we had beer and wings one night. It was our first night we'd been together almost since high school. And I told him the story the same story that I'm telling you guys. And he and he he believes in God just as much as I do. And and I, I said to him, you know, Brian, why why do you think God told me to go see a doctor when it turned out that there was really nothing wrong with me other than my cholesterol was a little bit high? And he said to me, John, God knows that you're easily overwhelmed. And that's another thing. There's no such thing as a lazy person. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, quote unquote politically correct or putting, you know, be, Lazy people are just people who are easily overwhelmed by life, and so they tend to choose the path of least resistance. And so Brian said to me, "God knows that you're easily overwhelmed. He knows that you haven't seen a doctor in like forever, and that once you went and he found out that you were okay, it was one less thing for you to worry about."
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right.
2: And that made that made perfect sense to me. And so now I talk to God every single day. I talk his whole years off. Because at the end of the day, as you guys may have surmised by now, I like to talk. I like to express <laughs>
0: myself. You
2: know, having God in my life is just like almost like a, I, I feel his presence all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just a sense of, look, hey, I created you. I created the universe. What are you doing living in a state of self-immolation? You know, I mean, maybe God even finds that offensive. You know, I like to, I, I, I like to think that all those years that I spent watching DVDs, but I used to be very overweight. I, I used to be very. I was such a stereotypical nerd. I was just pounding down junk food. Like I used to weigh about 250 pounds, and now I weigh about 170 pounds. And and I work out. I, I lift weights. I, I did my workout today and well yesterday. And I, I post videos of myself working out on my Facebook page, and I'm in the best physical condition of my life. I'm I could do. I'm not saying this to beat my chest. I'm just saying for the sake of saying I can do 100 push-ups with my feet on the bench on my on my fists. And wow. The thing, my diet after I reached out to God really changed dramatically i would go to the supermarket and and vegetables started looking really attractive to me the only vegetable i ever ate was like a piece of lettuce on a hamburger that would be like my my version of <laughs> a right and so that's my that's my relationship with god he's my best friend he's my big brother he's my father i think that god absolutely gave us free will and mike and mitch god doesn't know what you got what you guys are going to do tomorrow he doesn't know because you have free will and those of us who live in the western nations and i you know i don't want to really talk, get into politics too much but you know those who live in free market capitalist societies we have so much opportunity to manifest our dreams as, as opposed to, and you guys know this there are many people in many other places around the world who are basically you know very smart creative wonderful lovely people they're basically out of luck you know they lost the lottery Unless, unless they could find a way to get out of whatever situation they're in you know top you know no no infrastructure, you know civil war every other day, tr- you know tremendous tribalism you know and 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 race wars and and religious wars and political wars and and you know for the most part where we live, you're in California I'm in Vancouver, you know we have our own you know at the end of the day human beings are human beings. none of us are angels, but for goodness sakes, you we know we're living in heaven. As right now, as compared to many other places in the world, we absolutely owe it to ourselves to have, and if, if you're an atheist and you're agnostic, at least have faith in yourself. There's only everybody listening to this podcast. Please heed my words. There's only one of you in the world. Embrace whatever it is that you're already naturally good at. And if you're not good at anything, and I know how that feels. I mean, there are people go through life feeling like, well, I suck at everything. I just, I try something and I'm not good at it. Then, then at least lean towards the thing that you like. And if you love movies and popular culture and comic books and all that stuff, well, this is the age to be living in. You know, at least do a podcast. <laughs> uh,
1: well, uh, Scott, does, does do you still hear a voice from God frequently? Um,
2: I like to think that I hear His voice every day. It maybe it's my imagination, but every once in a while, I feel a little bit of um, a, like a noogie in my solar plexus which mm-hmm. is where I believe the soul resides. And, mm-hmm. it, and, it, uh, it, and a previous interviewer asked me, like, well, when does this happen? Is, you know, is there something that precipitates this event? It's almost like Peter Parker in his spider sense, but in a positive way.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: it's a, it's a, a, a sensation of, of uh, uh, it's almost like a tingling feeling in my solar plexus. And, it, and, and I feel like it's God, you know, sticking his knuckle, like like a parent would like rub rub the head of his child. Like, hey, You know, hang in there. Don't give up. Because at the end of the day, look, I still have moments in my life even now where I feel, you know, the the feelings of insecurity, that stuff never goes away completely.
0: And that's what, you know, basically we we try and tell everyone, you know, is that, you know, there's no do overs. Right. You can't live in the past of of who you are. You can only go forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. You were talking about God talking to you. My, my youngest daughter, she has, she's a type one diabetic. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and, um, but the way that we discovered that my wife is a nurse, but the way she mm-hmm. discovered that is, is we believe through God because my daughter, you know, had, had some symptoms that we hadn't put together and had some issues, but we had no idea and they were mild. We didn't, really realize anything. And then one day at about 3 a.m., my wife, uh, she says, Amber's a diabetic. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next morning when we got up, we took her to the urgent care. And sure enough, her blood sugar was up in the seven or eight hundreds. And, okay. um, you know, we started down that path. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's been several instances in my life where, you ha- where I've, I've had those God moments. Right. Um, You know, so I understand exactly what you're saying when when you say, you know, you you feel that God, however, spoke to you. Sometimes it's through a voice. Sometimes it's through taking a right action and getting the right result with faith, Um, you know, whatever that is. And and like you said, you writing these books, you don't know whose life you're going to impact. Maybe you impact the next George Orwell, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you impact somebody else down the road. I hope so.
2: I mean, that would be wonderful. I I do read a lot of my stuff. I make videos of myself reading my stuff into my phone and I post them on my Facebook page. And I get mostly incredibly positive feedback from people all over the world. You know, once in a while... I'll get a glib response from somebody and I just unfriend them. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I'm overly sensitive or anything, but I mean, if (laughs) if someone's critical of what I'm doing and if they're critical about it in a constructive way, that's one thing. But I mean, someone, someone wrote cringe, the cringe worthy about Mm -hmm. one of my stories. And I was like, Oh, I just, I don't need this in my life. You know, it's fine. I mean, I appreciate that they paid attention to my story, but if if that's all they have to say, then it's not a person that I want in my life. And that's another thing. I think we owe it to ourselves. I mean, you guys sound like really positive upbeat guys. It's really important to, to associate with people who uplift you. And to minimize, even this may be a controversial topic for some people, but I believe that this includes blood relatives. I don't agree that family is family. If there's someone in your life who is dragging you down, if there's someone in your life who is determined to ruin their lives, and if they're determined to take you with them, then you owe it to yourself. You absolutely owe it to yourself to at least minimize the amount of time that you spend with this person because life is too short. You want to be around people. You want to be around people. Who who uplift you? So
0: hey John, what's your Facebook page
2: again? So oh thank you. So it's John Leister, J-O-H-N, L is in Lion, L-E-I-S-T-E-R. My group page is called Johnny's Way. And anybody who's interested in any of my stories or my books, I would be more than happy to email them a copy of one of my books. My email is John Leister, J-O-H-N-L-E-I-S-T-E-R. Case letters 611 at hotmail.com, and my group page is Johnny's Way. And if you go to Indigo Books and you Google John Leister, my name, you'll see all my books. Oh, gosh, they're there anyway. I just like drool, I'm just like, oh, I did that. It's me. <laughs> anyway, you look at this stuff and you can sample for free some of my work. A lot of the, a lot of the books you can read the first couple of chapters, just just get it out there. And I I just, the reward is, is indescribable.
1: It's so great that you found your passion. And uh, also to comment on what you were saying a little earlier, it's great that you uh, imbue your stories with elements of your own personality, um, because I think that brings the writing to life.
2: Yes. Hopefully.
1: Yeah. Just want to
0: thank you so much for for your time. It's
2: been great. I loved it.
0: And being on the show. And uh, we really appreciate you. Thanks, and guys. So, Mike, it's that time. That time, once again, time for our next movie review. Woo! <laughs> People get ready. Oh, dude, what's that guy's name?
1: Uh, oh, Ryan Reynolds. Don't. I'm all like Ryan O'Neill. <laughs> oh no, yeah, Ryan Reynolds.
0: <laughs> That's his name. Yeah. So, Free Guy reminds us of John. And, you know, you guys all just heard his story and kind of how he is. And I really think that this movie Free Guy falls right in line with John and his story. You know, obviously, he's not the same person or anything like that. But the idea of just being one thing and then one day you're kind of waking up and seeing the world in a whole new light. And I, you know, in Free Guy, that's kind of what happened. Well, okay. What'd you think of it, sir? Uh, I liked the idea. I, I I liked the action. Do you um, want to tell tell the uh, tell them the idea? Okay, so F- Free Guy is about a uh, background character in a video game. So you know, nowadays they have all these online video games and and that sort of thing, right? And so the concept is that in the video games as people are playing them right there's like you know they'll they'll have a person sitting at a table at a restaurant right and it's just a, a meaningless character but it's just there for the scenery so in this movie one of those characters realizes he's in a video game and he's kind of well he doesn't realize he's in a video game but he He's bored with life. He's like, is this it? Is this all there is? Am I going to wear the same colored suit every day? Am I going to go to this bank, say the same thing every day, and then have the same thing happen, right? Kind of a representation of our lives, is what it really was if you want to go deep in it. And this was kind of how I felt like it applied to John Mm -hmm. and and kind of one day he has an awakening in the game and uh, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. There's got to be more to life. And so it's kind of that theory. And um, it was just about this character coming to life. There's obviously more to it. It's all in all, has something to do with the creators of the video game, kind of two worlds going on at the same time, the creators dealing with their game being stolen. And then this character is coming to life in the video game. So it's kind of like two worlds, but you know, it was a kind of a a breath of fresh air, I think Uh, nothing too complicated. There wasn't really much of of a MacGuffin in it. You know, I don't, Think or do well? Well, I guess, no. I guess there was, huh?
1: Yeah, because they're well, they're trying to find like the secret spot.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, and then they're
1: yeah, they're trying. Uh, aren't they? They're first trying to find like a tape or something that will show them the secret spot, and then they try to go to the secret spot. Is that what yeah. it was? I forgot.
0: Yeah, that's basically the idea.
1: I actually, but- uh, I wanted you to go first so that you could refresh my memory because for some reason I just. Like, it's evaporated from my mind (laughs) really (laughs) quickly. (laughs) Um, I agree with the comparisons with John, though. I mean, uh, mostly because the Ryan Reynolds character is, like, um, so brimming with enthusiasm, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: And then he has an awakening, which is what happened with John. Yeah. And,
0: um, you know, so it, it it was a fun story. Right. I mean, it it wasn't life changing and it's not going to do anything for you when you're done. And, you know, like, according to Mike, you'll be lucky to remember you saw it.
1: I know (laughs) that might be my review
0: right there. Like, I I don't remember this film. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It it was still fun. You know, it it was I, I that's the thing is sometimes a story doesn't have to be life-altering you know yeah, sure. it, it doesn't not all stories have to be that way i just want them to have a beginning middle and end that makes sense you know the this can...
1: french new wave director um jean-luc godard once said i believe in having a beginning and a middle and an end just not necessarily in that order but i know what you mean and like doing the show and doing these reviews you've reminded me of like fun movies and and um you know fun movies to function you're right they have to have they have to be logical it has to make sense um it has to have a beginning and a middle and an end that are satisfying
0: Right. Because, I mean, you know, even if you want to go like John was talking about Spider-Man a little bit, you know, and we've reviewed the movie and stuff like that. Right. I mean, the the movies, when they do things that don't make sense, it it just gets frustrating because you want it to be simple and, 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 and easy, especially if it's that this kind of show, which is what this guy was, you know, free guy. And that's what the title talks about. You know, the guy is free. He's in a video game. But he's not following his programming, right you know? he's he's actually becomes one of the players in the game, and he's kicking the ass of all the other players, yeah, you know, and he's evolving and stuff. and so he was growing and so yeah, it just it really does remind me of John and his story. so that you know, you know what it reminds me first of all, I think
1: it's something John might write, and then. Yeah. Also, I think it's an example of John saying Stan Lee, the famous comic book creator um, once said it's regarding like writing a story. He said, it's not the originality, it's the execution. And this movie is an example of that because um, definitely this kind of stuff has been done before. Absolutely. Uh, It's not original. Yeah. I mean, Neo wakes up in the matrix and, and then there's like the Tron movies, and I mean it, it's um, it's kind of an old idea to to have basically an artificial intelligence become sentient. Um, however, it is its own thing, you know. Um, yeah. it's it, maybe the the central ideas of it aren't the most original thing in the world, but it 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 creates its own universe, and um, and then it is what it is, and I forgot it.
0: but that's okay you know what um i i will say this so let's go ahead and get to the review I, i will i will say this though you know if you could like do this show and get all the extras so this is our recommendation although it's at the end our recommendation is that you play the song of the episode you listen to the episode, and then you watch the movie. <laughs> right, and see how it all ties together. Yeah, and, and it would all fit together, you know? I mean, that's, that's what's cool about this episode that you and I are doing, is that it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end, you know? And, and it's kind of like our beginning was the introduction where we talk about John and what's going on, and then he takes it from there. And I mean, he took it from there. I mean, he was he certainly
1: a- did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was great. It was. It was. It's was actually fun. Yeah, yeah.
1: and um, we really have a lot in common with John. Honestly, a lot yeah. of most of his interests were our interests, and um, so it's easy to relate to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. And you know, this this free guy. You know, it just. I don't know. It just kind of all clicked as like, God, man, it just fits right in you know with this story and 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 kind of you know in an abstract way right we're not saying free guy is john so don't be mad at us john <laughs> Unless this is all a simulation and we're
1: just you know becoming <laughs> well, <self-aware. right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your okay. favorite
0: part of the movie um there were some funny things you know um there wasn't anything too particular that stood out but I, I liked his friend his best friend yeah in the movie was cool was the security guard that wouldn't change who was afraid to change you know I, I I don't recall like any specific life-altering things that uh stood out it was but it was fun I mean you know the whole it was it was enjoyable and you know there wasn't really any blood or gore or anything it
1: it was kind of violent but it it um yeah
0: it totally leaned for silly violence yeah yeah it it wasn't
1: like you weren't decapitating
0: people it was a video game you know so things would blow up or whatever but
1: it did have action though but every time like you were about to be emotionally invested in what was going on because it was being played seriously it would immediately go to silly yeah Uh, I mean, he, there. There's some. There's definitely some action in it, though. Like the whole thing. What was it with the motorcycle and then Well, yeah,
0: they had they had some really cool, you know, action scenes
1: with and the he big...
0: flying out of the building, and then she, you know, opens up. Uh, she's got. Well, it's a video game, right? So you have all these things you can pull out of the sky. So she, like, pulled out a hand glider, you right. know. They oh, it was the a hang motor. glider. I, but didn't yeah. they
1: crash through a window on a motorcycle Yeah, something? Yeah,
0: they jumped out of the second floor. He drove it, and she was sitting on it like uh, uh, that Tom Cruise movie where he's got the girl on the motorcycle facing the other way, and he's racing the motorcycle, and she's shooting the bad guys. They're kind of doing that scene.
1: Okay.
0: And then they go jumping out the window, and then, of course, it's, you know, he's like, you want me to go out there? And she's like, yeah, go. And they go, and then she, you know, like a video game, she gets her – hand glider package and you know they grab onto the hand glider so it was all believable and possible because it was in a video game i guess i liked when he first got his glasses because all the real players had glasses you know sunglasses which allowed them to see you know in a video game how you can have the extra lives and so you can see all the directions and stuff as if you were watching it on a tv so. That totally
1: reminded me. I, I, that John Carpenter has a movie called They Live, though, and uh, they are able to see what's really going on in the world by putting sunglasses on.
0: <laughs> so but, yeah, so so he got like he was tired or beat up or something like that, and then he saw that you know medical package, the red box with the white X on it, you know, and he was like, "What the hell is that?" And he mm-hmm. was like all confused because he didn't understand but then he went over and like touched it and then he got powered up and he was like, "Whoa, shit. (laughs) Yeah. That feels good. Yeah. And you know, it was just so seeing him discover and learn how the video game worked, I thought was cool.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, that was a direct lift from they live and they live is famous because it has, I believe a nine minute fight sequence between the two main characters And, um, basically the message is it's very hard to get people to wake up to the reality of the world. And they did that in this one too, except then they, they went soft and, uh, he just sort of lets his best friend choose not to wake up. Yeah. Whereas in, in, they live, um, they're bludgeoning each other it's it's kind of a great fight sequence. <laughs> it's, it's sort of famous and actually i love the movie they live so if you guys haven't seen that that one i remember every frame of and i can't i cannot
0: recommend a movie more highly okay so i guess we'll rate this one i'm gonna i'm gonna rate this one based on relevance to our conversation with john um. you know it's it's not um, you know I'm glad I didn't pay for it to see it in the movies, but you know you can get it online, and um, you know it was fun. It was worth a box of popcorn. It had a girl with leather pants in it. Yeah. Well. Okay. So <laughs> Mike's happy. She was all <laughs> strutting around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it three and a half flushes. Okay, I'm going to
1: go a little softer, and I was going to give it four, but I'll go with what you said, three and a half, um, in honor of John.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two men with the Mic was recorded live in front of Clothes on a Hanger at Clothes on a Hanger Studios, California. You can reach out to them on Instagram at the number two men with a mic.